our second miracle today. Hey, hey. Yay. Good thing I know where Tim keeps his pack. That's not for the rest of you to know. He's touchy about his stuff, you know. He doesn't want my germs. Okay, there we go. Nobody tell him, even though we're live streaming and podcasting this and everything. And I always get a text about, oh, 1.30, how'd it go? So if you notice that we're missing a, a few faces today, Tim and Elizabeth are in California with Dave and Deb, and Tom and Kathy are celebrating at the coast, and a lot of people went to D.C. for Sean Foyt. So um, just point your hands in that direction. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> there you go. All right, my wife got it because she knows what's coming. But uh, let's do this. The thing I feel the most is to just pray against any political spirit that would come against the will of God right now. How's that? Yeah? So, Lord, we just lift up your Holy Spirit over the political spirit, and we just say, come have your way in our nation, God. We're set upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ. We live by this word right here, and we say, let it be solid in our nation so that all people may prosper. We declare prosperity over our nation. Hmm. Yeah, cool. You guys alive? Yeah, all right. Well, we're halfway there. Oh, man. Okay, um, prophetic words. Don't want to forget to do this. It's, uh, it's been an interesting time just going through, walking through being principal and preaching and all these kinds of things. We keep having kids. It's great. Um, <laughs> that's fun. Theodore is fast. Have you seen him? Good night. Our son is the Flash, um, and unlike his sister, he can run somewhere without tripping. Uh, so, she'll get there. She'll get there. All right. Um, so, um, but in that, one of the things that the Lord and there's been a few of you, and I, I thank you. I've got a actually a four person prayer team that gets texts that can be very vague on just pray. And, and I want to thank those people, and a few of them in and around that have really encouraged me um, that one of my favorite things to do is prophesy. And so we, we get to benefit because we get to um, just do what God's doing, uh, get to share the word of the Lord, and hopefully you receive something from him that just lifts you up. Amen? Um, so do you guys want to have some fun with that right now? Cool. All right. Um, if, you're been, if you've been in this church for less than a year, particularly if you've been saved recently, who was it? Baptisms. My goodness. Amy got saved that day and then got baptized that day. Come on. <laughs> baptized. We had a couple people that like two weeks, two months, less than a year, been saved and got to get baptized. It was fun. Oh, my goodness. Um, I I don't know about you. I'm not going to lose my enthusiasm for it. So you might as well get excited today, okay? Turn to somebody and slap them. No, I'm kidding. Um, just, whew, let's have some fun. I think my wife slapped Timothy. Um, you know what? We're his youth pastors a long time. He's earned one or two. All right. Um, if you have been here less than a year and you consider this your home church, and particularly if you've been recently saved or rededicated your life, I want you to stand up right now. Awesome. 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 Oh, my goodness. Stay standing. Oh, stay standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't sit down because I'm going to prophesy over all of you, not each individually as a group here, okay? Don't have that kind of time unless somebody holds your hands up. Stop the sun. I, I want to commend you all. I, I don't always agree with John MacArthur, but he did release a video recently of Open Your Church. 
And I get it. There are people out there, you have legitimate medical concerns, so please social distance, engage. Whoop, caught it. Engage online, do those things. But there has been a, a sweeping, a stirring, and it, it's falling on you guys of picking things up and running for the kingdom with everything you have and not worrying about the risk of reputation. And I'm going to get into these things later, but I just want to say, if you are not trained, I, some of you probably could quote Scripture to me all day long, but some of you ha- have not been trained or read through the Bible yet, and that's okay. Because right now I feel like the Lord's telling me it's time to deputize you to carry the kingdom of God no matter where you go. And as, believe it or not, I'm on the eldership here. I'm just as surprised as you are. And, and I just say, you carry the authority of this house. Whatever anointings we carry, whatever you need to pick up. Ophir was famous for gold. Lebanon was famous for cedars. We're famous for the Holy Spirit. I say, carry the Holy Spirit, the DNA of this house, wherever you go. You are doing excellent. Even when you go, man, all I've got is this one thing. God says, it's all I need is a spark. Take your spark. Reach your hands out to the one closest to you and just release your prayers. I'm going to pray, but if you've got something, just go for it. I just say, grow, increase in the things of the Lord. You're going to be carrying power. Thank you, God, for their dedication to follow you, to see your will, to pursue the kingdom and not worry about the cost. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Hey, if you've been here a long time, be like Caleb and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Come on. Nick and Claudia, they ain't seen nothing yet. Come on. <laughs> There's a debate whether or not Claudia's been teaching longer or I've been alive longer. Um, we don't know. Um, <laughs> I love you. Um, I felt like I was supposed to share this one in prophetic time. You know why God really chose David is because even as king, when he had all the titles and he was arguably one of the most powerful men on, mer- on earth, he didn't care about his reputation amongst men. He'd still become undignified for his Lord. I'm going to do one. I'm not ready to do that one quite yet. Um, hey, Kyle, are you in here? Did I see Kyle? Kimbrough? Hey. Hey, bud. Can you stand up? Can I give you a word? This is Kyle. I love him. I have the highest honor for this man. Yeah. Partly because he fed me once, but <laughs> it was good. Kyle, um, when I saw you in here today, I just heard the Lord say that you are a, an excellent peace carrier, but you also impart it well. And you have a lot of responsibility. You have a lot of people that you serve, that um, you are an authority over, but you carry that with integrity. And because of your integrity and your peace, do not worry so much about the work of your hands and all the busy work, because the word of your mouth carries what, the, what God is doing. So just speak into situations, and God will do the, the heavy lifting. You just release that integrity and that peace into it. Amen? Cool, man. Some people around Kyle, just pray for him just for a second. Um, oh, I love y'all. Some of you are sniping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just fill him up with it, God. Increase that peace and that integrity. Yes, Lord. Whew. Hey, Daryl, you're heading off soon. Stand up. Actually, come stand here. Stay right there. You texted me and said this is going to be your last Sunday before you go to Columbia. As soon as I got that text and I realized I was going to be preaching, I heard the Lord say that there's a crown of authority that you've been carrying and you've been wondering if you should give it up because it's been hard to give it up. And the Lord says, now's the time to give it to me because I'm not taking it from you. I am going to set it on fire, though. Because it's going to be refined in a Holy Spirit fire. 
and all the impurities are going to fall out of it. So yes, you will still carry authority, but it's going to look different, and it's going to have a different shimmer, and it's going to have a different purpose. It is no longer going to have written upon it, hmm, because you've had a lot of people work for you. It's not going to say you work for me. It's going to say I work for him. And the only authority you'll have left is that. And like Evan Roberts, I just say, bend him, bend him, bend him in the fire. Turn his shape, God. People will watch you burn. Don't worry about the words that come out of your mouth. Don't worry about the things that you're doing. Just burn. Stretch your hands out toward Daryl right now, and we just say, burn in Jesus' name and receive a greater fire. Amen. Yeah. Cool. You still having fun? Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. There was like one... A clap like that. I think it was a mosquito. (laughs) Lord, show us how mosquitoes can be redeemed. Then we'll have ultimate faith. Um, (laughs) It's it's the highest level. (laughs) Thank you. All right, we still having fun? Still want to do this? Come on. I only preach about four times a year, so if I'm not your flavor, that's okay. Okay. Today's sermon, we're just now getting there, and something may el- else may pop up. I may want to, because um, i got time. It's 11.44. Um, <laughs> I know, prides and falls, right? Um, I'm stepping back. Lord, watch my time. Today's sermon. I- I'm going to teach it you. I- I've told many people before. I've said it up here many times. Um, the Lord told me a long time ago, Preach more to the youth like they're adults and preach more to the adults like they're youth. Um, I, I like visual aids. There's not going to be much of that. Timothy might drag me across the stage later, but we'll see. Um, I'm not joking. Um, <laughs> but today I, I really want to give this lesson almost in a teaching fashion. And it's titled, What Do We Do Now That Convenience and Christian Culture Are Leaving? Or maybe that they're gone. Now, I am not saying that... Um, you know, what did J.C. Zamora tell us when, when he came here? He's from Venezuela. He said, you know, Americans think Jesus is coming back because it's hard to get Coca-Cola anymore. Um, I, I'm not saying that we're, we're going through this cataclysm, but things have shifted, and we have lost some conveniences for sure. Um, but I, I think we're also losing something that's often called Christian culture. So I need to define that to you. And the best way I, I, I know how to... Um, to do this is through a Lance Wallnow example. He's a um, uh, Messianic Jew. He was, um, was Orthodox Jewish and then learned about Jesus, and now he preaches all over the nations. And he did a survey. He, he has a real heart to see the Jewish people really come to know the Messiah, like Yosef. <laughs> and so he did a survey with all these Jewish people, how much of Judaism is connection with God and how much is culture and tradition? They said, we're about 10% God and 90% culture and tradition. See, there are things that the world knows about us. Um, there are things that we practice in tradition that don't make you Christian. Eating Chick- Chick-fil-A does not make you Christian. You understand that? Um, it might be good. For those of you who are new with us, we'll meet you there after church. Don't tell the new guy. Um, so, <laughs> hazing. Um, <laughs> there, there are activities. Now, that's a simple and fun one, okay? But I bet you can think right now in your head, there are things, or um, as C.S. Lewis put it, you know, there could be uh, 
a self-righteous, it's an old British term, a prig. He says a self-righteous prig that goes to church every Sunday that's still far from God. So just showing up here, you understand, that's not it. And it's what Lance put on the other side. How much of it is your connection with God? It's the reason why... It's the reason why... yeah, I love to get up here and talk to y'all, but I was here till like 11 last night. Just kept getting in his presence. And it's the reason why during worship, we're not much of a chit-chat church. <laughs> Triple C. Um, because our main purpose here, particularly during worship, is to connect with Jesus. Amen? You can have clubs, but to be Christian, it means you're a follower of Christ. And I, I believe we're seeing some people that now that convenience is leaving, we're seeing some people, well, I've been putting it this way. Dad has been taking the fleece and saying, hold on, kids. This might be a little rough. I might shake you a little bit, okay? And you can cling, or you can let go, or you can let go and stand up and say, we'll just kind of do our own thing. Me, I'm going to cling. Anybody else want to cling with me to Christ? Cool. All right, I'll take it. Um, hey, we don't get to read out of this book near enough. Turn to Revelations 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right. We've got a fan. Uh, going to judges later, killing people with donkey bones. I'm kidding. Um, I don't have time to do that. That would just be for fun. Um, <laughs> Revelations 3, and we're going to read 15. And this is to the church in uh, Laodicea. Um, pronounced some way that way, but... This is, these are words that we can use for us, okay? Revelation three fifteen to 17 says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, sorry, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Let me assert something that, that I believe right there. There are plenty of things that look good to the world that God says, that's not sustaining you. That's not sustaining you. A little later, I want to read 19 through 20 to you. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. Stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So what's he saying there? I've got it set up. Are you going to take the energy, the time? Are you going to make the sacrifice to go, you know what, Jesus, let me in. You know what, Jesus, I do want to eat at the table with you. So a lot of what we're going for today, and and if you disagree with me a little bit on the intro, where I'm heading is just seven things, whether or not you think these are responses or um, reasons or whatever. There's seven things that I believe as Christians we should be doing anyways. Okay? Because conveniences, some conveniences may be gone, but not life itself. We're here. We're here, and there's people that need to hear the gospel. And I, man, oh man, one of the hardest staff meetings I've ever been in is when we had to talk about not having Easter Sunday in our own sanctuary. Now, the parking lot was on fire. It was great. (laughs) Not heat-wise, Jesus-wise. And it was wonderful. But it was still hard. Just go, oh my goodness, Easter Sunday. I'm Look, I love Christmas, but Easter's our most important holiday as Christians. You understand that? <laughs> it should be held in the highest regard. And, and again, I want to speak to online people. I'm, all I'm saying to you is engage. Just engage. My wife is watching the comments right now. She'd love to pray for you. 
Let me poke a little bit at capital C church conveniences. Should it be a point of pride that a wedding is really short? Should it be a point of pride that things went quickly and I don't know, I've always felt like there should be a little bit of attack in your chair when you're in church. A little bit of, woo, God, okay. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Should it be too comfortable? Let me speak to people I work with. Make sure that your congregation is not about money and numbers. Conveniences. Have you read this? There's some hard stuff in it. There's some things he asks us to do that are tough. Do you know what it says right after the Lord's Prayer? Make sure you forgive people because if you don't, God won't forgive you. What? Yeah, go look it up. (laughs) There's some hard stuff in here. I'm not saying that the church isn't fun, alive. I'm not saying that it's not good and loving. But I'm saying that sometimes it's inconvenient compared to world's culture. Because it's not the same culture. One of my life verses, Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven, which means we're living by a heavenly standard, not an earthly one. So when we're walking around, I mean, think about these things. Well, how are they doing in heaven? What is the response for this in a heavenly fashion? If you've never been to a foreign land, people do things differently. The Filipinos, they point with their mouths. You go, where's the library? And they go, it's over there. (laughs) I'm not making that up. (laughs) They do that. (laughs) There are things in different cultures. There are things in earthly cultures that don't make sense to heavenly culture. The heaven goes, why do they do that? You ever think the angels look at us and go, that's weird. That's weird. They say they want God, but they don't do things the way we do around here. And guess what? This one is not going to last forever, but that one will. So, um, I always asked him when uh, he's not going to be here, is there anything you want me to preach on? I told him what I was going to go for, and he said, I, that's exactly where we're heading, and you're going to get two totally different styles of this. But something I'm not going to be able to cover today that I know he will, is he'll cover Acts and the counterculture and how the church is operate. Okay? So if you're looking for more of that today, I promise you in in his next series, that's what it's going to cover. But I want to ask, what are some things we do to serve the purpose of Christianity? Especially when we feel like some conveniences, I I get it. I, I think the hardest things I've had to walk through is talking to people who are struggling to attend our private Christian school because recession has hit them so hard. And if you're listening or you're in this room, you know who you are. Thank you to people who have donated and given um, so that people can attend school still. I honor you at the highest level. But all of those things, it's no reason to let go of him. I don't know if I gave Ken Bussey's up top, and he's a champ. Thank you, Ken, for being up there because um, you've got a track with me. Um, <laughs> turn to Mark 5. This is a hero of mine. 5, and we'll start in 25. Actually, let's start, with, uh, let's start with 24, give a little context. So Jesus went with them. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Him, in that sentence, being Jesus. So we've got a big old mob around Jesus. 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Okay, not to get too Old Testament, but you understand she wasn't even supposed to be around because of this. So let's call her, I don't know, um, Betty. So it, probably people would have seen and said, hey, Betty, you're not supposed to be here. By the way, that's the people who knew the law, i.e. the church. She was subject for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Goodness. 
When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from suffering. Come on. Whew. Timothy, come on up. All right, Lord, protect him's mic back. <laughs> you go stand over here. All right, you're Jesus. <laughs> All right, stand right there. Okay, you ready? All right, so you're walking through the crowd. Start walking. If I can just get a hold of what he has. He didn't give me a reason to let go, did he? He didn't stop moving. But I want to challenge us right now. We're in a place where, yeah, there's some turbulence. But because you have turbulence doesn't mean you jump out of the plane. Because if you do, you don't know where you're going to land. And that parachute, you didn't pack it yourself. So So when you're grabbing onto it, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Is you're getting pulled. This is... I had more than one person ask me how I was doing when we were just walking through Corona stuff and figuring out school. And I said, I'm clinging to his garment and I'm not letting go. <laughs> That's how I'm doing, okay? Which meant my face hurts because there's rocks and there's dirt. But I've decided, you know what? I'm not letting go, so I might as well say, move, you rocks. Watch out, dirt. Here comes my face. <laughs> Be like this lady. And I want you to hear me on this. This lady was probably told by everybody, don't come in here. Sometimes, oh man, Lord help me on this. But the the worst enemy is the internal enemy. The church. But if Jesus is on the move and you know this is the only way I can do it. You understand, she went broke. She was full of shame. And it got worse. I fully believe she would have held on all day. For that miracle. But her faith was so great, she just needed a moment of it. Whew. That's my intro. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, we've set up kind of where we are. Here's seven things I believe we should be doing. If you're a note taker, you can do one through seven if you'd like. Some of them will be a little longer, a little shorter than others. Number one. Whew. Do not, do not attempt without this. Okay. Number one, you've got to start here. Bring Jesus in the situation and into the aftermath. There's no better time to introduce everlasting hope than when earthly hope just disappointed someone. There's no better time to introduce heaven than when earth leaves somebody in shambles. There are a lot of people right now, and I'm not here to talk in times today or politicize, but there are a lot of people right now probably putting too much hope in manly structures and earthly structures. They will disappoint you. Don't take it from me. Take it from somebody smarter than me. Clive Staples Lewis. Mere Christianity. If you have not read it, read the Bible, then read this. If I find myself a desire which no experience this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Okay, I'll read it again. (laughs) Taking on your mom's anointing today. (laughs) If I find myself in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. We cannot put our hopes in the plans of man. We cannot look for heavenly satisfactions through earthly means. I was at a conference once, and this guy, he just, he slayed it. We were in Waco, and it was just, man, he preached. And something he said I won't forget for the rest of my life was the reason people are called are drawn 
to sex and violence is because God designed us for love and war. We're seeking sometimes through earthly means a heavenly thing. So our job, when people, when these systems, structures, whatever it may be, it, it doesn't matter the identity if it's not, it just matters if it's God or if it's not God. And whenever that disappoints them, our job is not to sit back and say, I told you so. Don't do that. Instead, it's to say, hey, it looks like you're really hurting. Can I talk to you? Can I take you to lunch? Can I buy you coffee? Some of you have coworkers that I think probably you're thinking of right now that are investing too much in earthly things, and they're about to get hit with a bowl of disappointment. Tom Ray's not here, but I can almost tell you his whole testimony, but it ends with, Tom, you tried the world, now try me. So I want to encourage us that we're going to bring Jesus into it. And don't just tell people about church. Tell them why we have it. Encounter with Jesus. Tim loves talking about Andrew. Why? Andrew was a master of not getting in the way. He just goes, you know what? Andrew's fine, but you should meet Jesus. (laughs) All right, that's number one. Number two, show the world his glory. Turn to Exodus 33. Number two is show the world his glory. This is a question I think about probably weekly. We'll read 15 to 16. Then Moses said to him, he's talking to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. This is what I think about all the time. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Why do we need, excuse me, why do we need to show his glory? Because the world's watching to see if what we're talking about is legitimate. Is there really a Jesus? Is there really hope in him? Is there really a God who loves me? That sounds too good to be true. Don't be afraid to share your testimony. Don't be afraid to just be... Right now, I think, honestly, the world, yeah, power encounters for for healing and things of that nature, but I think the world is seeking maybe even more. It's just somebody that will be kind and civil. I really do believe that. They they are looking. They don't want you to pray until you've proven to them that you are an authentic lover of people. They want to see if we're just like everyone else or if we really do have something. Good news, you have something. It's Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. Do not worry like Timothy said. Timothy said, Do not worry about all the things you can bring. Just say, come Holy Spirit, and just, wow, this is going to be great. 3D glasses and everything. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I enjoy when Jesus does something. Um, So, (laughs) best show on earth. Let me go after something. I kind of already hit at it a little today, but let's just beat it till it's dead. Especially in this time, we need to be careful. If we're going to show his glory, don't partner with political spirits. Okay? Should we vote? Yeah. We should vote. Should we pay attention? Yeah. But we don't let the venom or hatred of one side or the other or one thought or the other come out of us. Because you understand, the Pharisees often teamed up with the politicians at the time. So be careful that you are not partnering with the political spirit to kill the Holy Spirit. Because that's what they were trying to do. Hey, Roman government, we don't like this guy. You don't like this guy. We should work together to get this guy. <laughs> um. Good night. I think we're excellent at this, but I just want to make sure you know that we're moving in the same direction and that it's a great thing. Is Yeah, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Whether you think they're great or flawed or a bit of both, pray for them. But don't let 
the venom that is coming in between. Um, I, I don't have to tell you the news, you know. Some people are doing some ugly stuff to each other. So if we show off his glory, people are going to go, hey, I see they're doing something a little different. Well, we are, our citizenship is in heaven, and we bring that down to earth, as Jesus said, and we let that atmosphere be our solution. Number three, this is a good one. I don't know where my war dogs are today, but we war from victory. Amen? We war from a place of he's already done it. It's taken care of. Which means our war is not like the world's most days. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go read about Hezekiah. They say, hey, we've got armies at our door, all these kinds of things. We're outnumbered. He says, I'm going to go up and talk to God in the temple and then go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert for a story that's older than uh, this nation by a, by a couple thousand, give or take. Um, <laughs> the angel of the Lord shows up and in the night kills, I can't even remember who the army was, um, the angel of the Lord kills 185,000 of them. Let me just point something out there. Hezekiah didn't have to lose a single man to win a battle. Neither did Gideon. They just had to stand around. Hey, you guys like fire and clay pots? Yeah, I love those. Let's go to war. Okay. (laughs) And next, (laughs) we're going to go to eat. Bring your sword. All right, well. (laughs) What am I trying to say here? I, I heard Damon Thompson say this once. You understand Christianity does things so different. Like we have the virgin have the baby. (laughs) <laughs> you got that, right? You understand, if, if you declare you believe this, you believe that. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so when I'm talking about warring from victory, we need to understand that our war is not us taking a beating or anything like that. It's just complete and utter victory. It, it's just, hey, we're going to stand around there encampment and we're just going to shout and we win. How do you bring down a wall? You march around it. Okay. <laughs> no catapults? No? Nope. <laughs> just to put on your walking shoes okay let's understand something here Ephesians six twelve, because I use a lot of Old Testament examples what does the New Testament say about war for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms there's a wonderful song there's a couple wonderful songs around this but all bringing forth the idea of worship is my warfare. Praise is my weapon. (laughs) Okay, it's up there. Good. So when we war from victory, most of what we're doing is dancing on the devil's ashes of what were his blueprints. That's one of my favorites. A clap and a burn your blueprints um, and step on all your stuff. Oh, is that a catapult? Uh, Is that a trebuchet? Um, (laughs) Might as well have some fun with it. All right, number four, how are we doing? How are we doing pretty good? Number four is we know and use the Bible. I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that one of the most difficult things to do can be to get young people to open the Word. One of my biggest reasons why I think that is we have a lot of distractions now. We have a lot of options of things they can do. And they say it's not more important, the other thing's not more important, but diving into this, seems to not come up. Um, so I'm going to read to you out of a book that I think hits it really well. This is Rooted by Banning Leapshire. Wonderful book. Particularly if you're a young leader or you're, you're new to Christianity, I highly recommend this book. Um, I really, I read it at 34. I wish I read it more like at 20. And he says this. 
One of my concerns about the church right now is that our lives are being built on the shifting sands of our feelings rather than the rock of doing the sayings of Jesus. We live in a society that is guided by what feels right. And this has slipped into the church, and I agree with him on that. I do believe it slipped into the church. You hear people say, that, does, that doesn't feel like God. But neither feelings nor popular opinion, which so easily sways our feelings, determine truth in our lives or society. So he's saying that our, our feelings don't determine truth. Truth is not rooted in our feelings or opinions, but in Scripture. Truth is not rooted in our feelings or opinions, but in Scripture. I said the world is watching. They're also going to watch our words and say, are we going to line up with this? Are we going to be believers in this? Are we going to know this? Are we going to trust this? And if you look, we have some people who are recent converts. I'm not saying that you have to have this perfected in a weekend. Um, This is a living word. So let it be alive in your life. Because it will give you the solution for tomorrow if you read it today. It will give you also the solution for today if you read it today. Um, It even says, Jesus, sometimes would speak one thing, but two things people would hear. Um, Find that one. There's your homework. This is something I I often say when we have uh, potential new students doing uh, their interview to get into the school. Is I'll talk to them and their parents about we as an institution, and here in this church as well, we see things kind of in this order. There's opinion, then there's fact, and then there's truth. And there's been a sneaky little thing that I don't, I'm not a fan of whatsoever because I don't think it's biblical, is people have tried to make truth opinion by saying, this is my truth. Who's heard that phrase before? This is my, oh yeah, it's gotten a little too popular. Um. See, don't do this. This is my truth. Do this. This is my truth. This is my truth. He wrote it down in plain English so I could, well, uh, no, Greek, not Aramaic. Speaking Aramaic, writing in Greek. Hmm. I want to encourage you. I'm I'm, going to go ahead and choose to jump this part, but I want to encourage you. Read in 2 Timothy if if there's something in there where you're going, you know what? I do have some understanding of the Bible. I need to have some understanding of greater truth. Read 2 Timothy, particularly 3 and 4. Number five. Worship because it's powerful. Psalm 150. Oh, man, praise him, praise him, dance, dance. I mean, Psalm, I think 149 also covers this. You know, praise him with a symbol, with resounding symbol. Um, We do not struggle with this. We worship. (laughs) We worship. But I want you to, maybe a thought I can introduce that you haven't had before is, Sometimes we come to a place where you're like, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to do. I'm broken. Just worship. Just worship. Just bring his presence. I believe it's one of the greatest ways to just connect with the Father and he just be in the room. It's just to let that atmosphere of worship come forth. And when that atmosphere of worship comes forth, oh my goodness. All of a sudden you're like, what was I even worried about? Has anybody ever been there before? (laughs) He's saying youth group, there's no high like the most high. Um, And one of the reasons that I really wanted to harp on this, I know I've hit prayer, but I really wanted to harp on this is um, worship is one that you'll notice even in the world, everybody's designed to worship something. We're designed to worship things. And so as a Christian, if you are not getting that, that fill up time with God, 
then you will start to let other things slip into your worship time that you start to put them before him. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to call you up, not out. I'm also preaching myself. It took 30 minutes of bad preaching in here last night for me to get anywhere. Um, (laughs) Your empty chairs went nuts. Um, (laughs) Number six, sacrifice, because it's not only for the Old Testament. Let me read you the definition of sacrifice, a couple definitions. An act of offering to a deity something precious. It doesn't have to be an animal. It doesn't have to be, you know, cutting doves and all these kinds of things. We don't have to do that. But you can offer something precious. Listen to this one. Destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. In order for me to better follow you, God, I need to get rid of this thing. It's that moment in every adventure movie, like... um, Probably the Last Crusade is the best example of this. Is you know Elsa wants the Grail, but she's got to reach for Indy. Um, come on, no film fans in here. And, <laughs> and she wants the Grail, but she wants to go with Indy and everything. And she chooses the Grail. And uh, um, spoiler alert: um, I'm only doing old movies, old stuff. I told you I'd, I'd quote Jack Handy. Um, does anybody know Jack Handy? Does anybody remember that one? Okay, he was he's a comedian that he only wrote books. Um, he never performed on stage, and I love him. And he has got one about, you know, it's a real shame that pirates spent all that time looking for buried treasure, and they never realized the real treasures were the memories they made together. So, <laughs> I love that joke. I will love it till my dying day. <laughs> so why am I talking about treasure when it comes to sacrifice? Because there are things sometimes we fall in the pit for because we just don't want to let go of it. There are things that we're, we, we defend too much, Things that we, we, we offend, things that we cut out time with the people we love or even with God because we haven't been willing to give that up. And none of them are worth it. I do believe the Lord's stern in the room on this. Maybe there's something you need to be chewing on right now is not bringing a goat or a ram, but what's something in your heart? I've been challenged by the Lord on this one before, so I'll let you into my my quiet time just a little bit. Sometimes he'll ask me, did you complain more today or pray more today? Am I willing to give up complaint or look at Chris, talk about something wisely time for the sake of, Lord, I give that up to you. I'd rather sacrifice that time to be with you. There's also, I, I touched on it, there's sacrifice asked of us in here. And I think now's the, the time to get into this. Turn to Psalm 51. Oh boy, this is, if you don't know this story, I'll give you some quick context. My Bible actually has it written before, it says Psalm 51, and before verse 1 it says this, a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came, came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. I'm going to read to you in a moment somebody in the Old Testament getting New Testament revelation. That's how I'm going to tie these together. David is the perfect person to do that for us. But you understand, he's the king. He not only commits adultery, but he gets Bathsheba's husband killed. They also lose a child in that. So, painful moment. And the reason I wanted to go here, because I want to ask us to consider about what are we willing to sacrifice when we're just at the lowest moments. And for some of us in here, I know it's been everything. I've heard some testimonies in here of, Drugs and alcohol and suicide. 
But David puts it so beautifully on what the Lord's really desiring. This is Psalm 51, 16. I'll read 17 as well. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Lord, I come before you and only against you have I sinned. Lord, I'm willing to give up things. I heard someone say this beautifully that David probably at this point might have had a bit of a sense of entitlement. And he says, never mind. No, I don't. God, I give everything up to you. You owe me nothing. Just forgive me. And this ties into number seven. We're going to continue more of this story in number seven. But first I have to tell you what number seven is. Get so hungry for God that your reputation with men doesn't matter. Only your reputation with God matters. Get so hungry that you don't care what people think. You just go, this is where God's calling me. And we'll get to some ways to really do that well. I've used this many, many times in youth group. I don't know if I've ever shared it in here. Turn to 1 Samuel 15, 22. Before David was king was Saul. And Saul goes to war with the Amalekites and he's supposed to destroy everything. In verse 9 it tells us that he kept the best sheep and cattle. He kept some of the things. He kept some things that were good even though he's supposed to destroy them all. So the Lord speaks to the prophet Samuel. says, go to Saul. He's no longer king. Says, okay. And Samuel says, you know, basically, you're done. But I just want to read to you out of um, 22. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. 24, we'll keep reading. Then, Samuel, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, and so I gave in to them. He says, now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Jump down to verse 30. So this is Samuel talked for a bit, then Saul replies, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. He's worried about his reputation. Come back with me so that I, listen to this, so that I may worship the Lord your God. Uh-oh. Samuel actually goes with him. What I've often shared in youth group is the idea of look at the difference. You're, we're all going to have troubles. We are all going to stumble. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin is nothing new. Storms are nothing new. But look at the response between Saul and David. Saul says, don't disgrace me before men. Don't take away my stuff. Don't take away my reputation. Can I still have some gold? David says, I'm undone. If you want to put me in the desert and just me and you for the rest of my life, fine. Do not take... Ooh, listen to this. Psalms 51, 11. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. That's David's response. Get so hungry for God that you won't worry like Saul. You'll worry like David. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I'm going to use this now. Um, if we want people to get saved, we want to see revival, reformation, the things we've been praying for, 
We've got it to display to the world that we're authentic about it or else they'll find no reason to be authentic about it. The good news is you can do it. The good news is you have the Holy Spirit. The good news is all seven of these things I just listed, I believe we're doing well in. But if there's things that you need to adjust, fine-tune, whatever, if you need to be reminded of, and there's some of you in here that you're kind of new to this stuff, I'm encouraging you go for it because you can. Hmm. Think of it this way, all right? We're going to do one more kind of prophetic thing. Before we do that, I just feel I've got to share this piece. Um, I promise I'm not getting paid by this restaurant or anything. There's a restaurant in New Braunfels called Muck and Fuss. <laughs> it is so good, Jimmy. <laughs> they have the best fried green tomato I've ever had in my life. It's amazing. And I was talking to somebody about it the other day. And we were talking about the sauce. And we both said, I've taken a spoon lapped up the sauce <laughs> because it's so good that I'm, I'm so hungry for it. I don't care what I look like when I eat it. Why am I talking about that? Because God is so good, I don't care what I look like when I worship. His presence is so amazing that I've been to conferences and I've been the guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, whoa, whoa, I've been the guy. And they had to carry me to the car. Amy's been the girl. I remember one time we could not get her up the van step because um, it was just a little high and she's a little low, you know, so... <laughs> And we couldn't. She just, <laughs> right? Because she was so hungry for Jesus, she didn't care what she looked like. Now, let me say something. We are not performing. We're not doing this to go, oh, look at me. I'm the most anointed person in the room. And we're not doing it to offend people. We're doing it to worship and honor Jesus. So don't get caught in that spirit of, I've heard of conferences where people, you know, have, poured out lemon-scented stuff and say, oh, there's an anointing here or whatever. Don't be that person. But if you're the person who says, I, I don't know what to do. I just need to get with God. And you just stand there and you're like, wow. You look like Heidi Baker. That's fine. Drink from the well. He wants you to. Whew. If you run a connection group or a youth group, college ministry, would you stand up? You run a, a weekly meeting maybe? Cool, cool, cool. Okay. I'm going to need a few more. Um, if you have run things, listen to my list, because I'm, I'm making it right now as we go, so just give me a moment. If you've run things like that before um, and still feel that you, you could, it's just a different season. If you have discipled, ministered in some way, um, if you've preached from this pulpit, go ahead and stand up. If you've known Jesus for 20 years plus, stand up. Cool. Wow, awesome. If you're not one of these people standing up, I want you to look around right now. One of their connection groups or their dinner table is the place you need to find yourself at. You need somebody to disciple you. You need somebody to be a spiritual mother and father to you. I would not be standing here if it was not for that in my life. If you're not willing to do that um, and you're standing right now, um, I guess run. Um, <laughs> Um, no, I, I don't, yeah, if you're not quite in that season, God won't highlight you to someone, but if you're new to this, if, if you have not, if you don't understand what I'm saying, being disciple, if you don't understand what I'm saying, being spiritually mother and father, what I'm saying is you need somebody to pour in you spiritually like a parent and teach you out of this, to love on you, to encourage you, to help pick you up when you stumble. 
You need people who have walked some roads and say, that's a bad idea, I tried that. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So look around. Because I'm going to have these people sit back down here in a moment. The hunger's got to come from you. If you're standing right now, don't seek them. Let them seek you. Let them seek you. Okay? Um, I, I am going to do one because it's active in this church. If you're a connection group leader, um, one in this ministry, wave your hand. If you're Timothy, you need to be waving your hand. Connection groups, college ministry, tie. Yeah, okay? You see one of those people, okay? These people are running weekly meetings. Um, do we have somebody who can represent CR? I don't see Sheila. Okay, all right. So we have Celebrate Recovery right here. Look for some of these folks right here. They'll give you some information about that. Um, because walking these things out, God called us to live in community. Amen? Okay, all right. You can sit down. Oh. Melody, you in here? Uh-oh. She's not. I got a piano player in here. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, can care of the van. It's okay. You can do it without. Do I? Well, always. Just, I love piano. No, it's okay. We can do it without. Maybe it's, maybe it's better this way. I'm going to go ahead and ask the altar team to come up. All right. If you need prayer for anything in particular, oh, oh we got a killer altar team. You want somebody to love on you and disciple you. Ooh. <laughs> So we're, they're going to be available, but here's how we're going to end. Everybody else, if anything I spoke of, if any of those things on that seven list, or if you're just feeling, God, I feel turbulence, but I don't know what to do, then I want you to just stick your hands out right now. You don't even have to stand up. Ooh. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer over, over you. Holy Spirit, come fill these people up. Give us new strategy, new wisdom. Let us be great carriers of the things of God to Produce and reproduce your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that it's not by our strength, but by yours. We just receive in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Okay. Um, I guess my wife and I will step in the back today. Tim and Elizabeth are in California. So if you'd like to meet some pastoral staff, um, especially if you're new with us, we'll be standing back there. Um, If you need youth ministry or college ministry, Ty and Timothy are in here. If you need prayer, come and see them. Uh, get signed up for Fall Fest. Um, we, we need some help to go and minister to that. But we are dismissed. Have a wonderful week. Um, yeah, be blessed.